Life Audio. Allow yourself to go down that road to ponder what it will be like with God forever. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Do you believe in life at the love? I had a feeling you were going to start something really, really weird. Feel... Weird? Weird. Wow. How Dude, we're back in the Igloo, then. a.k.a. S2L Studios. And, and once again, I think we said this last episode, it was 55 then. Today, it is a cool 42 degrees. And so uh, my hands will be in my hoodie this entire episode. If you see me breathing some sort of smoke, um, it's because it's freezing in here. Well, that's not true. It's not freezing. You just said it was 44. Freezing's 32 and below, right? Well, that is true. Scientifically. And it's not 44. It's probably like 60. And you're just, you're just. If you're, if I had a camera on Jordan, I mean, we, you would see him with his hoodie on, his well, hands in his coat, and well, then his hood over his head. I mean, you talk so much about Texas and all this, but you're soft, man. You're soft. <laughs> huh? I mean, I know I got some insulation that you don't yeah. have. But you're soft, man. Oh. It's not that cold. Jorian does look cold. That's true. He looks freezing. <laughs> Jorian does look cold. Anyways, man, today we're gonna have uh, we're gonna dive in. We had some cool episodes coming up, but as we enter in here, mid December, mid Christmas season, uh, we kind of want to get a little bit more theological, more um, dive into the root of some issues that a lot of people, ourselves included, face. Uh, we want to talk about the man, the man, the being, mankind, male or female, but. Uh, the natural man, the spiritual man, and then the carnal man. Uh, and dive into that, discuss it with Scripture. I believe there's some personal things we might discuss through this. But um, before we dive in, uh, we want to thank you. This has been, it's not the last episode of the year, but man, it's been such a, a year of growth for the podcast. We've got a, a new yeah. studio, that, and you guys have been along on the journey. We've grown. Our subscriptions have grown. We're so thankful for that. Um, Man, I, I just encourage you, if you haven't subscribed, I think there's a percentage of uh, actual people that watch that are not subscribed is pretty high. So if you're watching this and you're encouraged, please subscribe. It doesn't blast you out there. It doesn't put your name out there. We understand that maybe you don't want to be connected to it publicly, but uh, please subscribe. It helps us. It helps us get in the algorithm to get this out to more people. Uh, it encourages us. Uh, but there's also, if you do, if you want to sow into this ministry, there's a way. There's a join button that you can press. I believe it's $2.99 a month. Uh, and there's a few perks. I believe you get a percentage off of all the merch, like this S2L olive hoodie right here. You see it? It's pretty good, right? We have the hats. I don't know if you could see the hats. We have T-shirts, Freedom T-shirts that are pretty awesome, man. Um, We got the workbook. So there's a percentage off that you'll get once you join and you're a member, and it'll explain to you how to do that. Um, you get, I think there's some different perks, but really the two ninety nine is not about the perks. Uh, it's really about that. You're sewing into this ministry of life after addiction. Um, it helps us to continue to grow and get better at what we're doing and get this out to more people. We've had some amazing feedback recently. We had a, um, a comment just encouraging us that they themselves never struggled with addiction. They didn't, uh, battle addiction, but their spouse did. Yeah. Uh, their spouse has, and their spouse has been free of addiction for a decade or so. Uh, but his encouragement was, Hey, watching you guys helps me understand what, uh, my spouse is going through uh, and how my spouse thinks and goes through this stuff. So man, that's a different type of encouragement, but it was like, awesome, man. Even, even, 
anyways, that kind of stuff, that, that's encouraging. We don't need the encouragement. If, if we didn't ever get a comment or anything like that, we would still do this because we believe God called us to get this out there. But it always helps to see fruit. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's encouraging. The comments, the likes, the shares, the subscribes, um, all that stuff. It's pretty cool, just like you said this year. I don't remember when we moved into this studio this year, but from starting in a, the living room of a house that looked like a studio with guys living in it and, you know, doors shutting and things going on in the background that maybe our audience didn't know, but was super distracting to having our own studio and creative space to come in here and do content and, you know, share the word of the Lord and share yeah. what's going on in our lives and just all aspects of life. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. And then actually the show started audio only in my shed at my house years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's progressed radically and man, the resources that you could find, you could find our curriculum that we go through the seven principles. We have different playlists. Uh, we have shorts that we're doing. We now have every Wednesday, a Wednesday word of encouragement on Thursdays. We're going live on our catapult, uh, which is just a, a message of hope. Um, some of you didn't like that. We didn't have the worship music. So we put the worship music back in, um, you could watch that stuff live. It's, it's so the channel is really becoming just a major resource for someone struggling, a family member. Uh, we want to give a shout out to Hope After Addiction podcast. That's Amen. that's aimed mainly at families of those who are struggling. So go check the girls out at Hope After Addiction. But yeah, man, that's enough. Uh, that's enough laundry list of homework we got to do. You want to yeah. dive in? Yeah, let's dive in. So. Um, yeah, I've been doing some discipleship stuff um, in just my personal time, and uh, I was doing a study last week, and they're called Pursue Paths, and what the, the intention of the curriculum is, is to, for disciples to make disciples, you know, the Great Commission in Matthew 28. And so I'm going through this just to be able to disciple, disciple other men so that they can disciple other men, and one of the Pursue Paths, or you could say lessons, was how to experience God's love and forgiveness. Mm. And man, it wrecked me. It wrecked me. And one of the readings was about 1 Corinthians 2 and 3, um, where Paul's talking about the three men, you know, the natural man, the spiritual man, and the carnal man. And I'm going to paraphrase what it talks about in this lesson that I did. But if you want to find the scripture, you know, I know Adam's going to read some of it, but this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and chapter 3. But I went down the list of these three men, and we spend time at each of these places. Now, for the born-again believer, you may not spend time at that natural man anymore, but you certainly find yourself going between the spiritual man and the carnal man. Mm. And uh, I found my place, uh, myself in a place of, of being in that carnal man, you know, and uh, desiring th the things of God, but really just not being able to find the joy in my salvation. And that's what uh, Paul is talking about here. You know, when he writes about the natural man, the spiritual man, and the carnal man, you'll see that there's distinguishable differences in between the three. So I'm going to start with the natural man. It says the natural man is one who depends on his own resources. This person says, I'll do it my way. He is not a Christian and therefore cannot truly grasp the truths of God's word. He is self-sufficient. His interests and ambitions are worldly and self-centered. Though he may appear to have his act together, spiritually, he is dead. We want to stop and talk about each of these. As Absolutely. You go. So this is the natural man. And again, Absolutely. it's mankind. It's, it's so it's not it's not specifically to males. It's males and females. Uh, but the natural man is dead. Yeah. Uh, and what that means, it does, we're not implying that if you are not saved, that you are not alive as a human, that you're you're clearly you have a heartbeat, you have breath in your lungs. 
uh, but spiritually dead. Uh, for example, in the garden, uh, the God, the God, God said, mm-hmm. "When you eat of this, you will surely die." And He's talking about the tree of life. If you eat of this fruit, not not if, but when you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. And when they ate of it, they didn't die physically, did they? But immediately they they died spiritually, and there was a chasm. There was a separation of God and man. They immediately knew that they were naked. They were ashamed. Sin then entered the world, and there was this breaking point between God and mankind. Mm. We were no longer perfect unity with God. We were spiritually dead. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, that uh, by nature we we were children of wrath. So if you are living as a natural man, you are not a born-again believer, you are not saved by the blood of the Lamb, you are spiritually dead. And in fact, it says that you have... you know, you don't have you have a veil over your eyes. You yep. can't even see the things of God or understand uh, the way that a believer can scripture and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, prior to coming to S two L, that's where I was. I was the natural man. I did not believe in the things of God. I, I could not grasp the things of God. Everything I did was me centric, meaning I was the pinnacle of the world and mm-hmm. my life. And that's how I live. Now, I never said that audibly, but that's how I lived. I was living for my selfish lusts and my passions and my desires and whatever I wanted to do, I did. And it doesn't matter who I hurt because it's my life. I'm living it for me. And uh, I was blind to these spiritual things and to the things of God as a natural man. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't until, you know, that veil, as Adam was talking about, was lifted. I think it's what, Second Corinthians 3.17, I could be wrong. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there There's is freedom. freedom. That is um, it. Man, it's it's so true. And once that veil was lifted for me, just the lens that I saw life through, the worldview that I saw life through was drastically different. I was the biggest weed head and gung-ho about weed. And, man, it's not a drug because it grows in plants. And I was this, you know, this made Careful, me- dude. What? Careful talking about weed, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess apparently we're getting roasted in the comments. I don't. So we do, we do the Jorian, our producer Jorian does these shorts, and we did the episode about weed, and mine was talking about being sober minded, and it's a seven second short. Let's and go. boy, I got roasted. Fry him up. Roasted in the comments because people are worshiping weed as a god, apparently. But yeah. anyways, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But comic, You're good. comic relief. But even as the the natural man, you know, the worldview that I saw life through was drastically different. You know, even when it comes to sex before marriage, I was okay with that. Yeah. And living with your girlfriend outside of, of yeah, my of way marriage. as the natural man. Correct. My it way. was yeah, all yeah, about yeah. me and and what I deemed okay and what I deemed appropriate and what I deemed. Um, to be uh, righteous and everything changed when I found the Lord. So I would ask you if you are in that place, you know, are you that natural man who it's all about you and you are uh, essentially the God that you serve and you have this emptiness and it's what it is, is a God sized hole in your heart Mm. and you're trying to fill it with all this stuff, whether it's a new iPhone or these clothes or these material items or one boyfriend after the next or one girlfriend after the next. And you still feel this emptiness inside of your heart. It's a God sized hole. And I've experienced that for many, many, many years in my life and Until I found, you know, the Lord. And that was the only thing that could satisfy that part of my heart. It's the only thing that provides true contentment and satisfaction is a personal relationship with the Lord. So if you've tried all these worldly things, all these earthly things, and still at the end of the day, you're left feeling empty and depressed and sad and lonely and isolated. There is a reason for that. And I would ask that you start to pray and ask the Lord, God, give me spiritual eyes to see and spiritual ears to hear. God, if you are real, 
eternity is a big deal and I would desire to know you God could you reveal yourself to me give me a sign let me cross paths with a person who knows you uh, who offers to pray for me uh, go seek out a friend who you know that knows the Lord but you've just kind of always thought was weird and that life wasn't for you go pick their brain on some things but only true joy and satisfaction contentment peace those things come from the source of life and that is yeah. Jesus Christ amen man amen and, and we can move on to the next one but before we do um, you mentioned something about the veil and how you saw life. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me of catapult last week with Mike Brown, Mike breezy. Mm. Uh, he did catapult last week. It's on this channel. It's called from Saul to Paul, I believe. And Mike Brown actually is going to, we talked about pr- probably early in the new year. Uh, he's going to have a good 30 or 42 day devotional that he's going to come in and do, which we've been working on <laughs> Dude, for a long time, man. He's recorded it uh, three times. And there's been, like, yeah. malfunctions. We've lost it. Uh, computer died and yeah. lost all of it. Um, but I believe now is the time. And, 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 you know, God's time is great. But anyways, he talked about in his message that he delivered just about how it, there was no color in the world, man. Mm. Everything seemed gray. Yep. And it was like when the veil was removed, it was like... Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Life had a new meaning when I was no longer the natural man, when it was no, when I was no longer dead in my sin, um, things looked different. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's because of where you put your hope. Eventually when you're putting your things, your hope in earthly things, it's only a matter of time until those things fail you until those things let you down until those things aren't enough. And you're constantly on that roller coaster of ups and downs because my hope is in something earthly. You know, it's not in something eternal. It's not in something greater than myself. And so, yeah, you see life through that gray lens, as Mike was talking about. That was a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Spirit man. So the next one is the spiritual man. And understand, like I said, this is just paraphrasing what Paul talks about in First Corinthians two and three. So it says the spiritual man is one who is born again into life everlasting. This person realizes I cannot make it on my own. I admit that I need God. He is indwelt and guided by the Holy Spirit who makes it possible for him to understand the truths of God's word. The spiritual man is alive. He has a vital relationship with the Lord. And because he is a channel of the Holy Spirit's power, uh, power, he is constantly bearing fruit. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there was a verse that was up there in Galatians that I want to read. It was a couple down. Yeah, right there. Boom. So it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And that's Galatians five sixteen and 17. Um, and yeah, man, I think... Well, go ahead and add to it. I just want to hit that verse, and then I'll, I'll comment. Yeah, I mean, I, I know whenever we become born again, um, that joy of your salvation and that yeah. joy of life everlasting and that intimacy that you have with the Lord and encountering God for the first time and just how he's renewing your heart and transforming your mind and restoring things and reconciling things and transforming your heart and the way you love people is different. The way you see the world is different and everything is so fresh and so new that it feels amazing, you know, um, but to can continue to desire to the things of God, to continue to sow into the things of God, it takes discipline and effort required on our part. Yeah. Now, whenever I say that, you know, uh, God is restoring and reconciling and healing and doing all these things, that doesn't mean every day of your life is just like this, such this joyous, amazing, everything happens good and everything's going my way. Not by any means, but what I mean is the hope internally that we have, despite what goes on externally and in my life and the traumas and tragedies and pain and heartache, man, I have an eternal hope from that day forward that has been implanted within me. And my hope is no longer circumstantial. It's no longer situational. It's no longer in these temporal things yeah. that eventually will pass away. It's on the Lord and the Lord alone mm. and the hope that's provided within that and who he says I am and who he is. God is good because that is who he is, not because of what he does for us. That is his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is good because he says he is good. And so just realizing being able to see life through that lens allows me to continue to stay the course and, and walk the path that God has for me, even when times get tough and I may not, you know, always trust him with this or always trust him in that. Man, I know who God is. I had a, a friend once tell me, you don't need to know the why when you know the who. Mm. And if you know the who, man, that gives you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah, let me do this for a second, man. I'm going to go down a little rabbit trail, but I think it's going to be really beneficial. So the spiritual man and the fruits of the spirit mm -hmm. is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And I maybe missed one or faithfulness, had faithfulness, and I mm -hmm. maybe had them out of order. But really think about those. I don't want it just to be on a coffee mug or a poster. Speaking of posters, check out the new poster. The Ancient of Days took his seat. What do y'all think? It's pretty nice. Hopefully it panned over there. But I don't want it to be, those aren't just words. Right. The Bible says that those are fruits of the Spirit. A fruit as in, if you are walking inside the spiritual man and you're in tune with the Spirit of God, those are the things that are promised to you. Amen. Now let's watch this. And, and I've talked about this before, but if, if, if I could bottle up into a potion or into a, a drink, love and joy and peace and patience kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control that I miss one faithfulness if I could bottle those up into a drink and I and I and, and it was true and you drank that and you felt all of those mm. things I could sell that for a thousand dollars a shot and the line would be from here to California that's a good word yes it now, would be. now how do I know that because I spent thousands of dollars on dope trying to get those feelings. Mm. I spent all of the money, all of the money, all of the money trying to fill the void that the Spirit of God is supposed to fill, trying to have love, man, trying to have peace, 
trying to have patience and, and goodness and self-control, all of these feelings that I wanted to feel. The Spirit of God is saying that that is its fruit when you walk inside of those things. Obviously, Ryan is talking about uh, being disciplined in that, focused in that, and the spiritual man. It's not easy Mm-mm. because we're battling against the next thing we're going to talk mm-hmm. about, the carnal man, and we're living on this side of glory, and so we're still living in that Genesis 3 moment uh, that we're not back in perfect unity with God. We're seen as perfect uh, by the blood of the Lamb, not by our own doing. But, man, while we're still here on this side of glory, man, there's still sin. We still sin, as we'll talk about in the next thing. And so there's not that perfect. But when we enter into glory, uh, and I talked about this at Catapult a few weeks ago, man, if we really stop and think about what heaven will be like, like, Allow yourself to go down that road to ponder what it will be like with God forever. Like what it will be like without sin. Like think about it. Mm. Like there will be no more addiction. There will be no more divorce. There will be no more disease. There will be no more pain. There will be no more tears. There will be no more. Even the warmth and the illumination of what we see is done by the glory of God. There's no need for a son, an S-U-N son. Like imagine, like if you could really think about these things. And I'm asking us to think deeply like I did with the Spirit, like the fruits of the Spirit. Don't just put them on a coffee mug, but think about these things. And God's saying that this is a promise, that we can obtain these things. We can, on this side of glory, we could tap into and walk into that spiritual man, and we can fight for joy. Hmm. We could fight for peace. We can have these things. And the fight is against our own flesh, our own nature. And I don't know if that's a segue into the next, but you mm. might have some more to talk about the spiritual man. Yeah, I'll, I'll just finish with this. You know, the spiritual man is indwelt with the Holy Spirit. He has been born again. He seeks the things of God. He desires the things of God. He relentlessly pursues the things of God. He humbles himself before the Lord. He sees life through the lens of Christ. He sees adversity as opportunity to exercise his faith. And he continues to press in spiritually each and every single day. Um, And so, yeah, we'll go to the final one. The third one is the carnal man. And this one says, though he is born again, so understand he's a believer, though he is born again, he has not tapped into the rich inheritance of his heavenly father. I'd Mm. like that to sink in because, man, that that's us. That's heavy. Oftentimes, though he is born again, he has not tapped into the rich inheritance of his heavenly father. Instead, he continues to live life like a condemned man. He is often he, he often looks as if all is well. He may teach Sunday school, pastor a church or give years of his life in some remote mission field, leading others to Christ. But it is a cover up. The bottom line reality is that a carnal man is defeated. If he is honest, he will admit that his Christianity lacks real joy. Mm. Mm. He is constantly frustrated in desperation. He valiantly tries to live a life pleasing to God. But instead of drawing on the source of the power, the Holy Spirit, he relies on his own energy and creativity for the strength he needs. And he runs into problems. And it's like, man, that's so deep. I'll read the, the next line. It says other things reflect the carnal man's lifestyle. He may attempt to hold tightly to God, but simultaneously refuses to loosen his grasp on material and earthly things. Mm. And so, man, I was reading that and it's just like, that's where I'm at. That's Hmm. where I'm at. And so I read this and and, uh, a ministry friend of ours, Dave Williams, gave us these things. Shout out Dave Williams. He came up to my office um, shortly after I read this, or maybe I think we read it together, actually. And we read The Carnal Man and we we got done. I just looked at him and I'm like, man, that's where I'm at. Mm. That's where I'm at. And he's like, he puts his arm out. He said, dude, that just gave me goosebumps. 
Hmm. And if you really ask the Lord to search your heart and know your mind and really bring forth the uh, deep character defects or just the, the corruption of the human heart at times and ask him to reveal these things to you, he will. And man, I was at a place where I just, I lost the joy of my salvation. Hmm. And we don't like talking about that as Christians. It's like, oh my gosh, you're not grateful that the Lord saved you and gave you life, life everlasting. No, on a deeper rooted level. No, that's not what it is. But man, sometimes life just comes at us so fast that I, I struggle to stop. Yeah. Calm down, gather my thoughts, be grateful, yeah. um, walk in humility and really see life through that lens of Christ. But it was talking about, you know, um, let me let me jump in yeah, and then go I'm going to come back to you about yep. what you what the instruction was to really because you had some things that you told me about that you did and in, in mm-hmm. reading scripture and stuff. Yep. But so the carnal man, the word carnal, there's probably there's a few different definitions, but really it's just flesh. It's mm-hmm. like the desire, like you're someone who is who is a, uh, and, and I mean he read that like the material things, but it's really someone who is so attached to the flesh, the things that we're supposed to crucify, right? We're supposed to die to ourselves. The carnal man is someone who's a believer. And, and I mean, if you, if you can't relate to this and you don't understand what we're saying, you might still be wearing a mask uh, because all believers go through this. Um, the joy of our salvation, um, busyness, frustrations, resentments. You start to get um, frustration, uh, even in the thing that we beg God for, whether it be ministry or kids or career or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. oftentimes we as carnal men will make the blessing a curse uh, because we're so hooked into the flesh. We're so hooked into um, material things and what that means, and we're not diving into those fruits of the Spirit um, to to remind us of the joy of our salvation. Not that, like he said... We're not not that we're joyful that God didn't save us, but Correct. we're we're forgetting what that salvation means for yes. us. The joy of what that means for us. That the veil has been removed. We're no longer that natural man. Praise God. We could see his word, his promises, and understand what he did for us and who we are in him, and that we're saints. And I'm gonna talk about that kind of at the end. But that's what that means. So when someone's walking in this, when someone is gosh, I'm hearing this right now, man. And I feel like the carnal, the carnal man. What do I do? Uh, how do I come out of this? I, I don't want to just. I don't want to just hear I'm in this. What did you do? What were some things that kind of encouraged you to to kind of read through to to lay this before the Lord? Yeah. So it went into this little exercise um, at the end, and it was just called spiritual breathing, um, and it was talking about exhaling. Um, meaning breathing out a confession of God, you know, confessing some sort of sin that you have in your heart and then inhaling uh, as we breathe in the Holy Spirit, appropriating uh, his fullness by faith. So essentially breathing out, exhaling um, a sin, right, that you have hidden in your heart and then inhaling a promise of God. That's good. And there was three steps to it. The first one was acknowledgement of our sin. The second was acceptance of his forgiveness. And then the third one was repentance. And it talked about going to a still quiet place and reading out Psalm 32, one through six and praying that. Hmm. And so as I'm in the midst of, you know, Psalm 32, one through six, and I would encourage you guys at home to go and do this, just pray through those verses. And as you're doing that and you're breathing spiritually, you know, you're exhaling some sin that you have in your heart and you're inhaling a promise of God. Humble yourself before the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the sin that is in your life. And we can know things on surface level, something I really realized um, and I've seen not only in my life, but other people's life is we don't really 
um, make it a point to confess and repent for sin genuinely and consistently until it becomes physical. What I mean by that is until I'm like physically actively using drugs, until I'm physically watching porn, until I'm physically committing some sort of sin, we fail to repent for the sins in our heart that haven't necessarily became external, but they're internal and they plague us just as much. So I started doing these things and I just started writing and I'm going to share the list of of sins that I was uh, repenting and confessing and asking for forgiveness for. But one was casting judgments. Another was was being prideful, arrogant and rude, um, complaining, gossiping, allowing anger, bitterness and frustration to wreak havoc on me mentally, emotionally and spiritually setting. This was a big one, setting expectations on others and desiring them to act, think and behave in accordance with my expectations. Failure to love others the way God has called me to, not allowing room for people's faults and showing forgiveness and grace. Uh, Failure to be uh, spiritually disciplined in the reading of God's word in my prayer life. And I'm going through these things and man, I'm like literally feeling a weight lifted off of me. I'm like feeling these weights being lifted. And then at the end, it says, write 1 John 1, 9 at the top of this list. And it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous or just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I did this exercise, and man, there were certain things that that go within these that I just listed, um, examples and things that I was doing or hidden sin in my heart that go along with it. And uh, I had to confess some certain certain things to close people in my life. And uh, I don't I don't think Adam will mind sharing this, but Adam and Adam and I have been friends for a long time, and we've been in ministry for at least five years together now. And the enemy tries to come in between us. And yeah. I had uh, I had to ask for his forgiveness. There was nothing physical that happened, um, but there were some things in my heart that I needed to get out and confess so that I could love him and come alongside him the way that God has called me to so that I could encourage him and be there for him. Um, how we're supposed to do in ministry and just in life as brothers and friends, I felt like I had been giving him the cold shoulder and that I had been doing certain things that uh just weren't right of me and weren't righteous of me and weren't holy of me. And uh, so I had to confess some certain things to him. But going through this and reading about the carnal man and seeing where I was in my own life and then doing the spiritual breathing and confessing sins and repenting for these sins and asking for forgiveness. The big one was number two as well. And it's accepting his forgiveness. I'm Mm. extremely hard on myself. Now, we can know in our minds that we're forgiven. But do we actually accept and embrace his forgiveness once we've confessed, once we've repented? Um, do we truly accept the forgiveness that comes with Christ? As it is, as it says in the verse I just read, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of Praise our sins <laughs> and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't need to walk around the rest of that day with my head down in the sand, depressed and distraught at man. I'm supposed to be a man of God and I have all these sins in my heart and I'm just not living the way I'm supposed to. And I was angry and, and prideful with Adam and yeah. I don't need to to wear that anymore, man. Once I've confessed it, once I've repented, once I've made the calls and asked for forgiveness from the people I need to do that from, man, God says that I'm forgiven, that it's wiped clean, that it's a clean slate. And so I think where we miss the mark a lot of times, not only acknowledging our sin consistently and not just when it becomes physical, but when it is emotional, um, when it is mental, when it is these sorts of things and coveting and lusting and all these but really like addressing that on a consistent basis and acknowledging it, confessing it, repenting from it, and then accepting God's forgiveness. That's a big one. Yeah. And I mean, I'll say the causality of God, the duplicity of God, the, the multiplicity of God that as he's doing something in you and then you do something, how that affects others. Um, 
and I don't want to get into it just because I don't want both of us to be a big puddle of emotions again. Yeah. We both were just very filled with tears. Uh, but I will say when he, uh, when he called me. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Uh, it was exactly what I needed in that time. And, and we don't have to get into it, but it was yeah. like, and God knew that and the things that I was going through and um, thinking through and all of this stuff. But it was just, we were both very emotional in that. And um, your obedience to God does not only affect you, right? And mm. you might not ever know. He, I mean, he knows how that affected me because he has ears. Uh, but... <laughs> You might not ever know your obedience and how that affects people you might not ever meet. That's a good word. Um, and so that's the causality, the multi, multi, multi-causality of God. But um, circle back, and then I want to read Scripture to kind of wrap these mm-hmm. up. But the Psalm 32, 1 through 6, um, maybe even now press pause and pray through those and then come back at the end. But I'll just read verse 3. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away mm. through my groaning all day long. Mm. Uh the rest of these are the rest of the Psalms one through six is so much. Uh, man, it's it's deep. Oh, it's so much, and it's encouraging, and mm-hmm. it reminds you of who God is and who you are, and the forgiveness. But that part right there, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Mm. And so the the scripture kind of around in this scripture I'm going to read really touches on the natural man, the spiritual man, and the carnal man. And it's from First Corinthians, like you said, chapter two, and I'm going to start in fourteen and go probably through three a little bit. But it says the natural person does not accept the things. Well, hold on. If you went to go, if you paused it to go do Psalms uh, 39 with these, 32, 1 through 6, welcome back. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're encouraged with this. First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to roll at the end, I'm going to roll through 3. Verse 14, the natural person does not accept things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. If you are not a believer, you think the things of God, you think... Uh, the Bible, you think this stuff is folly, it's mm-hmm. foolish. Does that sound familiar to the world? Yeah. Uh, oh, the, the the big guy upstairs, the fairy, the the fairy tale, the scripture that's written thousands of years ago. Yeah. Okay, you know, yeah. that sounds familiar, right, in mm-hmm. our world. To the natural person, does not accept the Spirit of God. These things seem like folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Mm. Chapter 3, verse 1. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people. He's talking to the church in Corinth. First letter to the church in Corinth. But as people of the flesh, the carnal not saying Mm -hmm. they weren't believers, but he's saying, I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. Mm. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now you're not ready, for you are still of the flesh, the carnal. Here's a key if you're in the flesh. For a while there is jealousy and strife among you. Are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? 
And then it goes on to talk about the difference between Apollo and, and Paul mm-hmm. and how they were, oh, I'm of this camp, I'm of this camp, yep. and how there was jealousy and strife. Uh, and that is kind of a, they touched on the person who's not saved, who's folly to him. He's touched on spiritual people. And then he touched who you can't judge. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about people of the carnal, of the flesh. And I think it obviously goes on and on, but that's, that's really good examples of the things we said and the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Corinth. And then it says, I want to touch on, it says that you can't be judged by anyone. Believer, and this is my last thing, and I'll let you close out. But just a reminder of who you are, Christ one, that you are a saint, uh, that, that who God says you are. In, verse, in chapter 6 of the very same book, um, it goes down chapter six and it says, or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And it keeps going. It says, uh, and if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? Man, cause so often I think there's, it's bad doctrine, bad theology, but it's, when someone dies, like, oh, they got their wings. Grandma got their wings. And, man, that's not the thing. Like, I just want to express to you, just so you know who you are, man. Like, if you are a believer, what God thinks of you, man, we are to judge angels. Mm. And, man, if you read in the Bible about angels and how powerful they are, I mean, I, I remember a story in the Old Testament about an angel taking out 80,000-man army, one angel. And the Bible says that as saints— we are to judge, not like in a courtroom necessarily, but to rule over angels, that we as humans are the only of all of God's creation that is made in the Imago Dei, that's made in His image, that even angels, angels, like the beings that could take out an 80,000-man army, the angels that do the God's work that are, when people see them in the Bible, like in natural, the eyes are like, oh my gosh, they don't know, they're so powerful and so crazy and scary, but no, as saints... God's placed us in a place of authority over angels, to rule over angels and to judge the world. Not in a sense of um, judgment, but to rule over the world because we are made in his image. And if you are in Christ, you are an heir. All of creation of mankind is made in the Imago Dei, but only believers, only ones that surrender their life to Christ, uh, are, uh, are heirs, are priests are um are called into his family into this royal priesthood and that's pretty wild man Mm. that's who you are in christ and so when you go back and read that psalm verses one through six it's fire it's fire i'm gonna leave you out with this well maybe a couple things um it says right here it is our faith in god that pleases him never our efforts despite our courageous attempts or heartfelt sincerity it is never our efforts that please god it is our faith. Now, understand, um, I'm not saying that, man, it's just faith and faith alone, right? In the book of James, you see that faith without works is dead. But, man, it is your faith that pleases God. Yeah, in Hebrews it says it's impossible to please God without faith. Amen. And it is your faith and your faith alone. Um, it says right here, our only hope for victory over the carnal tendency is trusting Christ to live his resurrection in our lives and through mm. us. His forgiveness becomes ours when we become his children. We only need to accept it. And so maybe I would ask where you are today. What season of life are you in? Are you that natural man who doesn't believe the things of God, um, which is probably the most ignorant thing that you'll ever believe mm. on this side of heaven? 
because heaven is real and uh, you only get one life on this earth. Yeah. And so is that where you're at? Is that your heart posture? Uh, what would it hurt? I would ask you to just ask God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me, Lord, yeah. reveal yourself to me. And that not may, may not be in a physical sense where you see some sort of angelic being. But, man, you got to look for those subtle ways in which the Lord speaks to you, whether it's through people, whether it's you picking up his word and you start reading it for the first time, whether it's through a prayer life, it's through a family member, it's through a friend. You start attending a church service, like begin to seek after the things of God, even if it's in the smallest of ways, even if you're doubting, even if you think it's the dumbest thing you've ever done. What does it hurt to try? Because eternity is a very, very long time. And for you to be long to be wrong about that, that's a, it's a critical decision. And if it, it's, if eternity's involved, I, I'd probably want to know what the answer is, what is real and yeah. what's not. And, uh, are, are you the spiritual man? Are you really on fire for the things of God? And you're really firing on all cylinders and you're really praying and you have brothers and sisters in Christ surrounding you and you're serving at your church and everything's going well, I would say, just continue to do what you're doing. Um, and keep having that Christ-like perspective of adversity's opportunity to exercise your faith. And uh, just know that storms are coming, yep. uh, things are coming, but man, you hold fast to the promises of God. Or are you in that carnal man place, you know, where, man, you've just lost the joy of your salvation. And I would ask to look internally, pray over those verses in Psalm 32, 1 through 6, and ask the Lord, reveal to me the sin that is hindering me. Because that's what it is. Certain sins yeah. are hindering you from a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. So ask the Lord what those are confess those repent from those and then after that accept his forgiveness yeah yeah and i want to i want to have one more thing or two more too inside of that if you are a believer and you're in that place man ask yourself do i believe in those fruits of the spirit mm. of the spirit of god if he's alive and working me or do i think it's some kind of magical potion that mm. i have to buy for a thousand dollars uh and man it's a promise of god fight for those things and the way you fight is you you kill the flesh. You, you, you kill the things that are, or you're attached to, that you're, you're the sin in your life. Uh, and then the last hope I have, man, just as we're talking about this, because, man, you, if you, one, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus in the way that we're talking, info at spring2life.net. That's the numeral two. Email us, reference this episode. We will contact you, man. That would be the joy of our day, uh, to contact you, to talk about what it's like to surrender to Christ. Uh, me, Ryan, Jorian, somebody will reach out to you, uh, and just have that conversation because man, that's, that's what we're called to do. But if you are a struggling saint, man, you're struggling in this flesh, you're wanting to fight back for the, the, the spirit man, but maybe you feel very alone and you look around in all the world and the, and the natural men, mm. mankind around you and what the world says is cool. I want to just remind you of a story that I get fired up about when I need to. There's, there's a prophet in the Old Testament named Elijah, and he had a protege named Elisha. And there was a time, man, and I won't go into the whole story because we're wrapping up here, but there was a, a king. The Lord was giving Elijah visions about the moves of an opposing army, and Elijah was communicating that to his side. And the uh, king of the opposing army caught wind of that, and they're like, we're going to kill Elijah because every time we plan something, this Elijah guy tells his army. And, we... and so they surround Elijah and Elisha in this place, this army. And Elisha, the protege, comes out, and he sees on the horizon that all of these chariots and all these people, and, and he starts to freak out as we all would, and he tells Elisha, he goes, we're doomed, we're doomed. <laughs> what do we do? And Elijah, in the spirit man, 
calmly says to Elisha, there are more for us than there are against us. Mm. And he prays to God that God opens up Elisha's eyes. And when he does, there is a army angels surrounding them, man. And it makes the army coming up against them look like nothing. Go read the story. It's mm. incredible. Anyways, God like commands that whole army to become blind and two men lead the whole army into like capture. But the, the point is there's more for us than there are against us. There's more for us than there are with them. Amen. Whew. And that's comforting, man. Trust in the promises of God, even when the world thinks it's folly. And that's life after addiction. You better believe it. Come on. Let's go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Studio. For more Christ-centered addiction recovery resources, please visit s2l.net. That's S, the number two, L, dot net. For more information about S2L's licensed and accredited residential program, please visit s2lrecovery.org. That's S, the number two, L, recovery.org. We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts and their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless. Once in a generation, a podcast comes along with the power and eloquence to inspire us all. This show will entertain you while you wait for that one. Join two best friends, author and former history teacher John Driver and comedian Johnny W. for hilarious and authentic conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. You can listen to Talk About That wherever you find your podcasts or at lifeaudio.com.